I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Giving life should not equal a death sentence for Black women. In 2021, on Mother's Day weekend, the U.S. House Oversight and Reform Committee held a hearing on racism in Black maternal health care. Among the witnesses were the families of Black mothers who had died giving birth. Congresswoman Cori Bush gave an impassioned speech recounting her own traumatic pregnancy experiences as a Black woman, asserting, quote, every day Black women die because the system denies us our humanity, end quote, and that her experience is unfortunately all too common. An article in September's edition of the American Journal of Public Health references significant disparities in maternal mortality between white and black mothers recorded as far back as 1933, when the record keeping began. The article goes on to state that new research facilitated by the Maryland Population Research Center out of the University of Maryland is now concluding that these disparities historically may be larger than previously reported, with new findings documenting Black women as five times more likely to die from pregnancy-related complications than white women. Dr. Shalon Irving, an epidemiologist at the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, whose research aimed to address health disparities, underscores this horrifying statistic. As reported by her alma mater, John Hopkins University, Shalon tragically passed away three weeks after giving birth to her daughter, Soleil, in 2017. In the week leading up to her death, Shalon exhibited several red flags, including alarming spikes in blood pressure, severe swelling in her legs, headaches, and swelling at her C-section incision. Despite repeatedly seeking medical care, providers dismissed her symptoms as normal. She ultimately collapsed in her home. Even Dr. Irving's PhD, private health insurance, and social safety net were not enough to ensure her survival. To further discuss maternal health care for Black women, we have today's guest. Dr. Kari Jackson-Cotwright, an associate professor in the University of Georgia's Department of Nutritional Sciences and the director of the Childhood Obesity Prevention Laboratory. This is Our Daily Story, and I'm your host, Ramses Ja. So welcome to the show, Dr. Cartwright. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. It's, it's a pleasure to have you on. So tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, your upbringing. What made you decide to become a doctor? 
Well, I am a Georgia peach. I am from Atlanta, Georgia. Um, I am the youngest of four siblings and I always wanted, I had a, a just a an interest in health as a young person. And I went to Howard University, majored in biology, and I thought I would go uh, the uh, medical doctor route, but I decided to look more into prevention and started to study nutrition. Mm -hmm. And so as I uh, worked and I earned my master's and PhD at the University of Georgia, I really was able to do that. And a part of that impetus was that my father passed away from cancer when he was 59. I was 23 years old. Mm -hmm. And I really said, what can I do in our community to help um, with prevention of chronic disease. And I found myself in nutrition. It opened up an entirely new world for me. I'm also a registered dietitian, and it helps me to do preventive work in communities uh, that's really meaningful. I love it. So you've made it your life's work to focus on the disparities in healthcare for people of color. What are some of the root causes of these disparities? Well, many, many reasons. And we do have um, a lot of disparities in, in numerous health outcomes, mm -hmm. but so many of them can be prevented. And so when we think about chronic disease, a lot of things are related to diet and physical activity. But there's also evidence that, especially in the Black community, there are so many chronic stressors uh, that are a result of racism mm -hmm. that uh, we have adverse health outcomes due to that as well. And it's kind of known as a weathering effect, where it's a cumulative effect of experience seeing uh, negative health outcomes due to racism over time. Hmm. So let's talk about that for a bit. Um, when you talk about racism in healthcare, uh, let's let's dissect that a bit. What talk, talk us through a story or give us an example of racism in healthcare? Because you would think that just as a person, you would go and you would be treated as a human being the same as any other human being, and your race wouldn't really factor into it. So give us an example of how that could be the case if I, a black man, walk into a hospital or you, a black woman, walk into a hospital and seek health care. Well, the, the, even the CDC recently released a study that racism is a serious threat to public health. And oftentimes people from black communities, people of color, black people specifically are not taken as seriously when they report that they're having uh, health issues. Mm -hmm. They may not be given pain medication because the thought is that uh, they may be trying to uh, get or be administered drugs when they don't have an amount of pain uh, or a certain amount of pain, or it may be just perceived that uh, the person is not as in as much pain as someone from another race. So we really have to work to advocate for ourselves. And that's why it's so important to have members of every community represented in the health community mm -hmm. so that um, everyone can be heard and understood. So there's a lot of documentation um, that shows that healthcare providers can often be dismissive when Black people present with certain health outcomes or report that they are having pain. Okay. Now, speaking of not being taken seriously, you know, our introduction today touched on the story of Dr. Shalon Irving. Tell us more about Dr. Shalon and her life philosophy of identifying cre and creating solutions for inequities. Absolutely. Shalon was just a jewel and a light, uh, extremely intelligent, brilliant, um, and just had a special um, gift for uniting with people, for connecting with people and advocating for people. Mm -hmm. So she felt that all people should be accepted. 
that's the philosophy that Shalon had. And so we met during our postdoc, we were both Kellogg Hill Scholars at Morgan State University. And she actually worked with a local organization that was uh, working with black people that were experiencing HIV. And she worked with the women and um, forged, I mean, just true friendships and relationships with them. But that wasn't the only part. You know, she had two PhDs, first person to do that at Purdue University, kind of do it a dual PhD. She was, again, just brilliant. But always, you know, and she had a, a, a lot of training in different aspects of public health. But no matter what she was doing, she wanted to make sure that people were being treated fairly, especially people from Black communities. And she was not afraid to speak up about it. So even at her time at uh, CDC, she was able to work toward those goals at a national level um, to promote the fact that everyone should have equal access to health, good health and health care. Sure. Now, her death brought about national attention to the maternal mortality rate among black women in the U.S. That was a catalyst for some very important and new activities. So share with us a little bit more about her legacy or rather what is the Dr. Shalon's action project and the Believe Her app? Absolutely. And so we know that uh, the maternal health rates have not changed in the last 40 years. And that's really, really sad. And so uh, when um, we experienced Shalon's death and, and, you know, the fact that Sunny was going to be here, her daughter's name is Soleil, her nickname is Sunny. Mm -hmm. And so, um, her mother, who was grieving, um, Wanda Irving, decided to think about what could we do. And I just want to uh, illuminate the fact that for the last 40 years, um, Black women are three to four times more likely to die than white women in terms of giving childbirth, just from giving childbirth. And also in the state of Georgia, particularly, we rank 50 out of 50 when it comes to um, health for Black maternal, for Black uh, mothers. And so uh, what we wanted to do, um, and, and really the vision of, of Ms. Irving Shalon's mother, was to create Dr. Shalon's Maternal Action Project. And it's an Atlanta-based nonprofit, and it's, it's created in honor of Shalon. And so because she supported equity, uh, as, as Wanda Kent began to work with others and plan, one idea that really came up in April 21 was to release an app called Believe Her. And Believe Her is an app that gives anonymous peer support that allows Black birthing people, mothers, wives, doulas, nurses, um, and their families to anonymous, anonymously share their experiences. The premise of this is that oftentimes when people are experiencing these adverse health outcomes or feeling like they're not being heard in the health arena or the healthcare setting, they feel like they're alone. And so this app is to increase awareness about Black maternal health, the crisis that uh, we are experiencing as Black women, and to develop and promote evidence-based strategies to improve health outcomes for Black women and their families. You know, there's something that we came across. We kind of touched on this once before on the show here, and I forget his name, not that it warrants being mentioned again, but there was a, um, a physician um, during slavery that would do experiments on slaves. And he purported that, uh, I, I, I'm not sure exactly what his quote was, but effectually what he said was that the Negro did not experience pain in the same way that white people did. And um, at that time, you know, there was a lot of advancements in science and in medicine because they had human subjects to experiment on. And of course, that accelerates how much you can learn because you're not experimenting on, you know, cadavers or, you know, animals, those sorts of things. You get more or less a direct 
copy, if you will. And that myth was kind of written into the foundation of modern medicine. And uh, in our recent report that we did on the show, we found that uh, many medical school students still harbored that belief. And of course, unless that belief is challenged or people are further educated, you know, they tend to graduate and go out into the world. And so I believe that might be the foundation for a lot of the, uh, the maternal um, disparities that we're seeing with Black women and a lot of the other um, disparities we see across the board in terms of other facets of the healthcare industry. One of the things that I think is, is really interesting is that this is really just based on believing what we're telling people. And, you know, to your point, it's a lot easier to believe someone when, you know, you look at them and you see yourself and vice versa. And it's a lot easier to dismiss someone when you think you know better than them. Um, there's a certain arrogance, you know, I'll call it confidence, but, you know, the truth is there's arrogance there. When you think I'm the doctor, I know better than this person. This person doesn't experience pain in the same way or they're just complaining. And then uh, we end up with instances like, um, uh, Dr. Shalon's situation where she ended up, of course, losing her life because people weren't listening to her. So it's very sad. But I think on that program, what we did is we spent a little bit of time um, discussing finding medical professionals with a degree of cultural competency so right. that you can speak the same language. Many folks aren't good at code switching. Many folks aren't good at you know receiving <laughs> information, whether or not you code switch. You know, right. if, they're, if they're just not going to receive information from you, a black patient, then it doesn't matter how well you speak the King's English. They're just not in a position <laughs> to see it. And so, yeah, that, that's that's a very interesting um, take. But I'm, I'm glad that we had that as a foundation leading into this show, because there's a lot more coming our way that now that kind of illuminates the problem a bit further. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. People don't always realize just how much their negative thoughts and experiences stick with them and weigh them down. You may find your brain constantly running through a highlight reel of bad moments. That comment your friend made last week that hurt your feelings. That frustrating thing your mom does. Or that silly thing you said in a meeting. Maybe it's time to get it all off your chest. Whether it's a tiny annoyance or something much bigger. Talking about it can give you some relief and lead you to a potential solution. That's where therapy comes in. It's a safe space to share whatever's weighing you down and learn to process it so your internal highlight reel can focus on the good stuff. And BetterHelp offers affordable online therapy on a schedule that works for you. Connect with a licensed therapist by text, phone, or video call. Start the process in minutes and switch therapist anytime. Let it out with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash B-I-N today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash B-I-N. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities, 
and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Discussing maternal health care for Black women, we have today's guest, Dr. Carrie Jackson Cotwright, an associate professor in the University of Georgia's Department of Nutritional Sciences and the director of the Childhood Obesity Prevention Laboratory. Can you share with our audience more about how systemic racism is driving the Black maternal health care crisis in the United States and how racism is impacting pregnancy outcomes? Absolutely. So we talked a little bit before um, Ramses about this weathering effect. And so when you have uh, discrimination on a daily basis, it has a negative effect on the body. And so you're going through these things. And then a lot of times, oftentimes, Black women may have a trauma chronic stress and trauma that they are overcoming um, throughout their lives. And then you have this this part that kind of gets under under the person's skin where you're just thinking about how uh, this manifests within the body. And so we know that the data says that uh, African-American people, black people have higher rates of hypertension, of diabetes, of all these, of obesity, all of these um, chronic stressors. And what happens is it, it is a weathering effect over time. And so when we, even if it's subtle, when we're experiencing those things and we're carrying that and we are carrying a, a child in our womb, as I have, I have three daughters that are eight, six, and four, and you're experiencing these things from microaggressions all the way out to overt racism, that can really drive the effects of health outcomes. One alarming fact is that Black women with higher education, PhD, medical degrees, with these terminal degrees, are more likely to experience poor maternal health outcomes than white women who have not graduated from high school. Mm. That's a problem. There is no effect. There's no protective effect. Shalon was an excellent example of that. Socioeconomic status did not matter. Education did not matter. She had two PhDs. Her, the place she lived was right near the CDC. She worked for the CDC. She had the best insurance she could have had. None of those things were protective in this outcome. And so racism plays a major effect in our health outcomes especially for Black women. So we have to advocate for ourselves and we also have to find appropriate care. And one of my uh, friends just recently told me that uh, a friend was planning on pregnancy and and doing these things. And the doctor basically said, well, you're going to have to really work to eliminate all the stress because you're at high risk. 
It's like, how does a black woman do that <laughs> in America? How do you work to eliminate chronic stress? And so um, the fact is that we're going to experience those things, but how can we create ways for black women to be supported, to have appropriate health outcomes and do one of the most natural things that God has given us to do, which is to uh, be mothers and, and to bring children into the world sure. without adverse effects. And I'll say this, uh, Ramses, I have, I just have a new niece, black mom. My sister-in-law just had a seven pound healthy baby and her name is Reagan Marie Williams. And so I'm so happy to say that. And she had a wonderful safe pregnancy. So I'm giving a shout out to baby on her first day. Absolutely. Um, I think that there's something, there's something there too, that we can kind of expound upon when thinking about racism and discrimination, I know, at least for me, my mind goes to the more overt types of racism. You know, I don't like this person. I don't want to serve this person. I don't deal with that kind of person, etc. But what I feel is that in these instances, you know, under this umbrella healthcare, the racism and the discrimination is not necessarily overt. I, you know, you mentioned that it could include that, but what we perhaps might need to look out for, you know, listening to you talk, it sounds like what we need to look out for is whether or not folks are paying attention to us, whether or not folks are really on our level, whether or not we come in as the patient and there's a degree of authority, we have some agency, you know, in our interactions with our healthcare professionals that we are trusted. Um, and when we do not feel like we are empowered to inform uh, our healthcare professionals or to um, accurately articulate the nature of our ailment mm -hmm. or condition in, in the instance of the pregnancy, that um, we recognize those signs early on and that perhaps we request a different medical professional or a second opinion or a second person in the room or maybe someone else who looks like us who can help us communicate with the professional, because I, I do believe this is a personal belief, far be it for me to put it on any of our listeners, but I do believe that um, a lot of folks who engage in discriminatory practices, um, not all, not the majority, but a, a good number, decent number, um, are doing so unknowingly. You know, a lot of folks really intend to be good people and they have biases and prejudices that they haven't yet unlocked. And so they may not be bad people. It might not be, I want to leave and never talk to this person again. It might be, look, we're going to have to get through this together. I'm saying what I'm saying. It's a fact. And you're saying that it's not true or that I'm making light of it. So let's see if we can add a third person in here. Maybe we both can learn how to communicate better with each other. This is just food for thought. But, you know, I've had some time to ponder on this since the last episode because I obviously read some alarming statistics about things that are happening you know, in our communities and me being a father of a son who was born with spina bifida, you know, I've had to interact with healthcare professionals who in their infinite wisdom felt like they knew my child better than I do. Right. And they just don't. Yeah. They flat don't. And there were people who wanted to stick all sorts of things in him because they didn't think he was able to do this or he was capable of doing that. And I had observed my child because I lived with him. He's my son. Absolutely. I knew exactly what he was capable of doing. And if I had just sat back and listened to these doctors, then my son would be on a different um, healthcare regimen 
at this point in his life. And because I spoke up and his, his mother is a nurse, you know, so she's trained to listen to the doctors. I'm not that I am a father. <laughs> so um, I could use my own eyes and my own apertures into this, this physical world and determine for myself what my child was capable of doing because I spent more than 30 minutes with him a year. And so um, I, I remember having to stand up to these healthcare professionals and telling them what the reality was and insisting that we're not going to do it your way, we're going to do it my way. And if it gets worse, then we can consider doing it your way, but I know what my child is capable of. And so it's these sorts of things that I think that we perhaps are going to have to work on, at least for ourselves, to stand on our own confidence and our own reality and um, insist that we're treated fairly now that we know that this is a thing and it's going to be on the healthcare industry to listen, you know, so that we don't have to fight as hard and we don't increase our stress walking into a, a doctor's office. Um, and that brings me to my next question. We, we know that representation is important, um, but let's talk about why. So why is representation critical within medical and research fields? Why might it be especially important for women to have doctors and medical professionals that look like them? Well, I think I'm so glad that you said the things that you said. So let me just say that. And I, I, I agree with you that we are our strongest health advocates. Mm. And you must insist upon it. And if one doctor does not uh, hear you, it, it is perfectly okay to go and seek another. Mm -hmm. And so as you um, speak about that, and um, just the, the question that you are posing to say, you know, what, what are the things that we can do and, and working with uh, people that look like us in the community? I think it's so, so important. And oftentimes when you go into these um these situations, there may or may not be people that um, that represent you or your voice. Um, I, I have a, a very dear friend that's in one of the top nursing schools right now. She's doing a, a second career and she sees it in her classroom, this lack of representation. But she really went into the field so that she could advocate for people, for black people, for people who didn't feel like they had a voice in the medical care setting. And so, again, when you're within that setting, you understand the terms. We talked about terminology and all those things. And, and to some people, it can be like speaking another language. So you need that that kind of um, go between. You need that translator, that person that understands, that can relate to your experience. You need someone who sees your humanity, as you said, that can look at you and see their grandmother or their cousin and advocate for you in a way, or a father advocate for you in a way uh, that makes you uh, feel special and important and, and most importantly, human. And if we don't have those things, those implicit biases, and it's not all just implicit bias, some of it is, is real and true bias, then we can work to train our healthcare professionals to be aware uh, of the, the issues that are going on, the adverse health act outcomes, because so many things are preventable. And if we have more representation, we can have better health outcomes because people will have a greater understanding of the patients and their needs when they come in with different health outcomes. I love it. Well, um, we appreciate your time and your insight today. Uh, how can we keep up with the uh, Dr. Shalom's maternal action project? And, and of course, with you and all that you're doing, you can drop your website, your social media, anything like that. 
Okay, wonderful. Well, um, I know the Believe Her app, you can visit the Apple Store or Google Play Stores and just type in Believe Her, two separate words, to download the app. Um, you can also follow at at drdr.shalons underscore map on Instagram and then at Dr. Shalon's MAP map on Facebook. Um, there's also a website. You can learn more about Dr. Shalon's legacy at www.drshalonsmap.org. Also, there is a website for the app, www.believeherapp.com. For me specifically, you can find me on Instagram at Dr. Kari, D-R-C-A-R-E-E. And um, I'm just so uh, privileged to be here. I want to encourage, especially Black mothers, to be advocates for themselves. Um, for themselves, when um, Shalom went in and her blood pressure was extremely high, I mean, 200, um, the, the rates, even as people hear the story told, they cannot believe she was sent home. And so standing your ground and saying, you know, well, I prefer to stay here overnight. You will monitor me when I had my last child um, in 2018. Um, I remember my blood pressure was up a little bit, not too much, but I was told, oh, you know, you can go home and we can monitor it. I said, I will not go anywhere. This day is paid for and I will be here. So um, making sure that you, you get that, that you're monitoring, that you're doing your own research. Of course, there are things that if you're not medically trained, you're not going to um, necessarily know as much, but you know yourself. As you just said, you know your son. I have a daughter with Down syndrome. I know my daughter. I know what she is capable of. You know your body. So also, I just wanted to add in that there are uh, successful communities that are working with women of color who are at the center of this, um, this situation, working for solutions. Uh, there's the Roots Birthing Center that is a group of midwives and doulas uh, who are Black women who are giving care. Um, and the premise of the Believe Her app is so that people can be heard, get in connection with mental health specialists and get the things that you need. We must advocate for ourselves. We must increase awareness, uh, watching your health, making sure that you're taking care of yourself um, during this special time of, of maternity and reaching out to uh, networks of people because there are so many people across the country that are working uh, to decrease and to eliminate this disparity. However, it's been a long time coming. So thank you for highlighting this important topic. Um, of course, it's one in, that's near and dear to my heart because I am a black mother, but also uh, to lift up the legacy of a dear friend of mine, Dr. Shalon Urban. So thank you so much, Ramses. This is so important. Well, the pleasure is mine. And, and thank you very much for your insight. Once again, our guest today is Dr. Kari Jackson Cotwright, an associate professor in the University of Georgia's Department of Nutritional Sciences and the Director of Childhood Obesity Prevention Laboratory. And before I go, I'll leave you with this. Despite coming from the lived experience, as well as having an abundance of education and expertise, too often Black women have been denied the opportunities and authority to define maternal health. What would it look like to collaboratively design programs and initiatives driven by the people they were meant to benefit, or at least by people who cared enough not to allow centuries-old problems to continue to permeate and deliberate? History demonstrates that disparate maternal mortality among communities of color is a historic and multi-layered problem. Closing the gap will involve addressing all institutions and structures of racism, all the many aspects of the social, political, economic, and healthcare systems that continue to harm, perpetuate, and reinforce inequity. Quote, I see inequity wherever it exists. 
I am not afraid to call it by name and work hard to eliminate it. I vow to create a better earth." End quote. In honor of Dr. Shalon and all of the Black mothers we have lost too soon, let us all commit to prioritizing our well-being. Let us commit to learning more, communicating often, actioning thoughtfully, and doing whatever we can, wherever we can, whenever we can, when it comes to being proactive with our health, the health of those we love, and the overall health of our communities. This has been a production of the Black Information Network. Today's show was produced by Chris Thompson. Follow us on all social media at Our Daily Story Podcast. I am your host, Ramses Ja. Join us tomorrow as we share our news with our voice from our perspective, right here on Our Daily Story. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love Love at at First first listen. Listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. That's right.